You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Hey, Laura. Hey, Lindsay. Welcome back to our January replay of our favorite episodes. I am so excited to be replaying today's episode with Bianca. I loved chatting with her, and she gave us such an interesting perspective on American Girl from her unique time of working at the store. Yeah, it was such an honor and joy to connect with Bianca. She gave us so many insights into working at AG and also her experience growing up with American Girl, and we just adore her beyond words. Like It was just so amazing to chat with her, and we're excited to re-listen to this episode. Yes. And Bianca, like um, some of our past replays, you know, she's a total friend of the pod. She's always someone that we love engaging with in our DMs and in the comment section of our post. She has some of the best comments, I feel like. (laughs) Um, Definitely. (laughs) And we are just so excited to hopefully um, get some maybe of our newer listeners acquainted with this episode with Bianca. um, And maybe for those of you who've heard it before, it's a great one to revisit. Hope everyone enjoys. Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by Bianca Greer. Bianca grew up in Alpharetta, Georgia, where you could have found her playing dress-up, hosting tea parties, and cruising around in her Barbie Power Wheels convertible. She fell in love at an early age with American Girl after receiving Addie from her grandmother at age six, and she had the very unique experience of working with the brand as a visual merchandiser. Today, Bianca is a freelance fashion illustrator and blogger and loves going to the ballet, touring historical sites, and all things pop culture, including The Real Housewives, Girl After Our Own Hearts. Bianca, welcome to AGW. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. And we are so excited. I mean, I don't want to give anything away before we get into it, but we have never had a guest that has the very specific AG past that Bianca has. (laughs) So we are so excited to pick her brain a little bit. I can't wait to share that with you. Yay. We can't wait to hear it all, Bianca. I feel like through this podcast, we're hearing so many interesting stories with our guests. Everyone has their own very Mm -hmm. unique American Girl story and how we have interacted with the brand throughout the years in so many different ways. And uh, I'm just so excited to get into your story of AG. But we're going to talk about, you know, when you were first into American Girl and discovering it, but then also how you kind of returned to it later on in your life. But before we get into all of that, Bianca, what were you like growing up? I was really creative, very observant, playful, but also serious. I think I was like an old soul. I was one of those yeah. those kids who had just like kind of an old soul. I was really into Beatrice Potter. I think that started my love for just like anything that had 
animals in it that were like wore petticoats and lived like on the countryside of uh, England. Yeah, I loved anything like that. Um, Very like, I guess, mature type of childhood things. I was really into Barbies and dolls. I loved anything girly. I was very like a poised child. I think from like all of my pictures from age like three to maybe five, I'm sitting and I'm like, my hands are like gently placed on my knee or I have like a Mona Lisa smile. Like I always would have like this look of just like, I'm very dainty. I'm very serious, but take my picture and like my lace and everything. Yeah. I was just like really girly. I loved fashion. My mom uh, would dress me up in just like the most like dramatic pieces. It was just like, it was the nineties, you know? So like (laughs) all of my coats had muffs or I always had like a velvet trim hat. All of my coats had a purse with it, my dresses. I would wear like, I guess it was like a mix of preppy, I suppose. I had like a lot lot of preppy clothes and also just like the dramatic ones. My mom like, like to take me to boutiques and get just different type of outfits that would kind of make me stand out. I like the picture that I, I sent. It's like a gift box hat. That was like a random Tuesday in December that she just found. I think, I don't know, I think like at Neiman Marcus or something. I'm a Leo, so I, I like dramatic things. I don't like to stand in the background a lot, especially just in terms of my clothing. And I was very girly, but I had like this side to me that I liked cards and I like to build things. That's all like that's that was my dad like when I was with my dad I would always be building something or he collected model cars and he also like would buy vintage vehicles like and restore them so I would I would be out there with him and my mom would make sure like make sure you have your play outfit on just to go outside with your dad (laughs) get your outfits dirty um yeah so I I I love dolls also I had like a box full of hot wheels so, oh, um, yeah, so multi-dimensional. Like, yeah, multi-dimensional. <laughs> yeah. And I loved wearing, um, nightgowns and bonnets to bed. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what, what my thing was. I just, I, like I said, I was an old soul. I, I did ballet and that really, I think captivated me. It still does. And I loved watching like ballets. I would go see ballets. I would see like Swan Lake and the Nutcracker. And I would pretend I was Claire at home. <laughs> I would run around in nightgown and pretend I was like this lost child, like searching through the night with like some weird candlestick <laughs> that I made. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> very <laughs> yeah, very dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> Anything princess like um, Disney musicals. I saw Be and the Beast for the first time when I was six. Uh, the Broadway one, and it just again like transformed me. I was like, this is amazing. But I was also terrified of the Beast and didn't want to like. <laughs> look at the pamphlet like the weren't we yeah. all <laughs> yeah I was terrified of that so yeah um yeah really artistic and I just loved creating things my dad liked to paint and draw so I've always draw and paint with him and my mom was also like really into interior design so I would help decorate the house with her like I said a really mature kid I would I would know how to place like a curtain the right way. I would know what how to put the forks and things together. I don't oh know. Oh like, my goodness. Chargers and things like that. Yeah. So Wow. Well, yeah. you're not the first guest that we've had that has described <laughs> themselves as an old soul. I feel yeah. like uh, I felt like a little bit of an old soul mm-hmm. child as well. And so many of our guests have said that they sort of identified as that as a kid and I think like the types of things that are like American girl like with like history Mm -hmm. and you know different like cultural moments like really 
is in line with like kids that sort of did feel yeah like very mature um and really gravitated towards those interests yeah I, I right believe that too because like American Girl is like based in his like history it was and I feel like you have to be kind of a certain <laughs> a certain type of girl to really be invested in it instead of right seeing like see them as just like dolls yeah I like what was it Dear America books like the journal oh yes those were amazing I'm just like completely captivated by your description of yourself as a child like those are all interests that I like strongly had to growing up and Yeah. I I say this a lot on the podcast but I just wish we could return to that like Me too. time Yeah. and just like still like fully embrace all of those like lovely wonderful things that like Yeah. made growing up so special and Yeah. ah uh, It was the best of like innocence. I always feel like right your formative years are so important because like when you get older, it's just like the world gets so out of like, you yeah know, out of whack. And you need something that you can kind of go back to. I watch A Little Princess. I don't know how many times yes like. Yeah, when I get kind of like overwhelmed with work and just like, I'm just going to watch Little Princess. <laughs> right yeah, yes Secret oh my Garden goodness or something. Yeah. oh yes Secret Garden. all those things are like right <laughs> in the neighborhood I feel like yeah. of AG like they all evoke the same feeling Right. um Right. and yeah like it's just you know we do spend so much time as adults like working and it's almost like we have like our separate like work selves and then Yeah. like such a small window of time that we can like carve Mm -hmm. out for like these like interests that we've been fostering since we're kids Yeah. and it's like it's very easy to like lose touch with those things Mm -hmm. I Yeah. think as you get older um I agree. it's so true there really just needs to be a space where we could all just put on dress-ups and act out some plays without feeling self-conscious <laughs> you know Yeah. get back into those like the the finer things in life Exactly. really They were really the artsy finer crafts things in life. Like, oh my I always goodness think that they were, they were like the best things, like being like a, a child who enjoyed those type of type of things and appreciated like culture at that right young age. Like we're special people. ah Yeah, yes fully yes agreed. we are We are. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that <laughs> so so much I feel like we really need to do like a podcast meetup one day where it's just like We should. there's so many guests that we have that we all talk about these same things like how much we loved like playing pretend and dancing and costumes Mm -hmm. Yeah, and tea like party. parties like imagine that like I saw the TikTok the other day that was about how like the Girl Scouts Mm -hmm. should be for adults and how fun it would be to like just get together with a bunch of like random women Yeah. that you don't really know and like cook Mm -hmm. and like earn badges and do Exactly. activities and crafts Yeah. like I would 100% Exactly. do that You like brought back so many memories. I was a Girl Scout too. And we did ah like yes the same thing. And we'd have like a poem that we would say to each other about like uplifting each other's like self-esteem. And look in the mirror. What do you see? And it's like, oh my I see god me. yes I remember this <laughs> like we need that now in our 30s. Or like we right need like that reminder. Yeah. oh my god everybody should have to do that at work honestly Yeah. <laughs> that would be such like a nice way to like go into like a, a work day or like a team meeting or something Oh my god, right? Now thinking back, Girl Scouts especially, yeah like, I just love this, like, club feeling. 
like, too. Maybe that's what it is. Like, yeah, I loved clubs. We like my friends would always we would put together like a friendship club or like our names start with a B club or something. Just like random and like meet on the hill at, at recess and just like create our own like phrases. So sweet. I feel like the thing that we're all sort of like grasping at here is like community. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it's just like community, like in the way that it existed when we were kids does not exist for adults like there are different types of there's like your work community and like Mm -hmm. you know volunteering and whatever but I think like we as adults like are either like we hold back like our ability to like engage with people we don't know and as a kid you're just so open and so Mm -hmm. I think that like that's why like having like little clubs or like special interest groups I think like for adults is a great way to like connect to that like inner child part of you that like you know made friends and stuff and related to people like so willingly that's such a good point Laura like actually this is something kind of new in my life that I haven't done at the time of recording but I live in a in a neighborhood in Brooklyn called Park Slope that is very community oriented and I've lived here about six years and it wasn't really until the pandemic that I feel like I really felt a stronger sense of community than I had before, like taking time to connect with people. And I became part of a Facebook group, which is like people just sharing like their favorite things around the neighborhood, like new restaurants that are opening or places to go. Like, it's just very sweet. And an offshoot of this group on Facebook launched a couple weeks ago, and it's called like 30 somethings club or something. (laughs) And I can't tell if that was like derivative of Gilmore Girls a year in the life when there's like the 30 somethings gang that like Mm -hmm. goes around the town and like in the little group but people are posting in there like to meet up to go to like the museum or to go to a happy hour and like there are I don't know how many members probably like 100 or 200 and people are just being like oh like I feel like a happy hour tonight who wants to join and people will respond to it And I haven't gone yet and I plan to when I have availability because like I don't necessarily need new friends or more friends, but I love the idea of meeting new people. Yeah, it's a community feel. Right? So I'm going to hopefully join in on one soon, but like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, the the Girl Scout vibes. (laughs) You know, it's that inner child stuff. Right? It really is. Well, now that we've all had a wonderful little group therapy, which so often (laughs) when we interview guests, like that's what it becomes because we're just like relating and like Mm -hmm. it's amazing. But getting down to the American girl of it all, Bianca, what was your first memory of becoming aware of American girl? My first memory, I remember being like five, almost six, because my grandmother, I was listening to some more podcast episodes of yours and it's like your your grandmother's always kind of start you off with it and my maternal grandmother uh started my subscription to the catalog uh, mm. like before I turned like six and I remember like looking and thinking like oh dolls okay like I was five didn't really put it all together but um I knew they're really pretty dolls yeah. and so my mom asked me how I felt about Addie and I was like oh she's pretty like yeah she's like would you play with her I was like sure so a few, like a few months after that, it was my sixth birthday. I had it at Chuck E. Cheese. I was Elf Merelda because Hunchback and Notre Dame had just, oh God, you know, yes. came out. Yeah. <laughs> I had this fabulous Elf Merelda costume from the Disney store. And um, 
I had finished opening like all of my gifts and my parents came behind me and said, oh, here's your last gift from your grandmother. And my grandmother lives in Mississippi. So she wasn't able to attend that year. So I remember seeing like this long white rectangular box of like a, like a burgundy ribbon. And I didn't know what it was because at six, I already kind of trained myself to know what a Barbie looked like Mm. in a box or in a bag or what a VHS felt like or shoes or something. So I was like, I don't know what's in this (laughs) long white box, this rectangular box. What is this? So I opened it up and was like, oh, I remember this doll from the the catalog. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Addie doll. And there was like a mother behind me who was like, oh, oh my. I was like, I don't know what everyone's flipping out over, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My parents were like, yeah, this is from your grandmother. And we can look at it when we, you know, a little bit more when you get home. And I was like, okay, yeah, because like when you get home, you can look at all of your presents, like have them all spread out and everything. Yes. So yeah, yeah, bring wow. that memory. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I remember getting home and taking her out the box and taking her um out of her packaging. I, I remember looking at her and going, "This is a different doll because her hair is like in um a hairnet and everything, and she comes with a box and uh, I believe she came with her yeah her booklet, her book, Meet Addie." And uh, I also had the necklace and the dime, like the whole like meat oh, yeah. accessories. Yeah. So that was my first like introduction to her. And I knew that she was special because my mom was like, we must take really good care of this one. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. And we kind of kept her in the living room. Like she's like on display basically in the living room because wow. I was notorious for like cutting doll's hair off. <laughs> like getting layers and things so I think she thought that Addie was like safer um, in the living room and I could play with her being like supervised yeah (laughs) fair enough yeah oh my gosh well that sounds like such a wonderful first entry point to Mm. American Girl do you remember sort of like how you would play with Addie like would you sort of like set her up in different scenes were you like changing her outfits a lot like what was your favorite thing to do with her my favorite thing well obviously was just like going downstairs and able to play with her in the first place um (laughs) and my mom made sure she was like don't take her hair down and I remember just thinking like okay because I like I said I love taking dolls hair hair down so um, I couldn't take her hair down and I just had to be really gentle playing with her. And I did have like, I had her birthday outfit. Ooh. Yeah. The gingham print little apron and the um, thing came with like, a, like with a pie and a cast iron skillet and a yes. ice cream maker. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I remember it being the living room floor and playing with her with that. And um, I wasn't really... I was like six, so I wasn't really that involved playing with her, like the way I would play with like my Barbies or my baby dolls or something, because I had to be careful with her. But yeah, yeah, it was just like, I, I would, I don't really remember like a certain game I would play with Addie. I would just like play with her. And I remember looking at her because she was like the first 18 inch doll that I had. My other dolls, like I mentioned, were like baby dolls or something or like porcelain mm. dolls and obviously mm-hmm. you don't like play with porcelain dolls because they will break <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah and I remember just like she's kind of plushy in the middle and she mm-hmm. felt like a like a like a kid sort of like my own yeah. little toddler so I yeah. really enjoyed that so I liked 
carrying her like she was like my child or something <laughs> yeah around the house yeah and I loved like how her feet like would swing a little bit and her posable arms yeah yes. did your friends have American Girl dolls too or were they familiar with it I remember meeting a girl when I was about eight who had Molly I don't remember like talking to my friends about American Girl until I got like seven or eight but she had Molly and I I feel kind of bad but I remember just thinking like oh okay because (laughs) sorry Molly like I just like she kind of bore me a little bit um yeah and I you know she had Molly and so I would bring Addie over to her house and we would play but she was like the only girl I knew who had who like owned an American Girl doll that I actually talked to yeah probably more but like you know back then Addie wasn't like the only doll that you know I played with I had like a, like I already collected just like dolls so I had like a plethora of other dolls that I just kind of played with yeah. more because of, because of how special Addie was so I think like if I started actually playing with her a little bit more than I did I probably would have asked someone like do you have an American Girl doll that right she was, like the, the special doll that stayed in the living room yeah right. yeah well we've we've talked about sometimes like how part of the fun of playing with American Girl dolls is really just like setting them up like yeah, yeah. putting putting on like a different outfit mm-hmm. like and like arranging them maybe like with like some accessories but mm-hmm. like I think that that's the main way like a lot of us were playing with them because they were not really like I don't know like it seems like you know with like a Barbie or something you can Mm -hmm. sort of like put them in a little house or whatever but with American Girl it was very much like almost like you were create like you were like setting a scene (laughs) right yeah (laughs) and I I remember I had her quilt um, and that's where like the part where I kind of figured out what Addie's deal was when I was like figuring like trying to get like her other um accessories because I was really into Samantha's aesthetic because I felt more connected to Samantha Mm. in terms of like how I dressed and how I was Mm -hmm. like really girly I didn't want Samantha like the doll I just wanted Addie to be like with Samantha's accessories and I was like wait a second something's not like meshing here (laughs) (laughs) did you ever consider or did you potentially acquire any of Samantha's outfits for Addie no because my mom explained to me like later on that Addie this is this is Addie's story like she's from 1865 or 64 Mm -hmm. and she is um, a slave and she became free and this is her like narrative right here like this is her outfit this is her handkerchief her bedding and everything so we kind of need to stay in Addie's narrative so that's how I kind of grew up with Addie like I did not um mix Addie within other historical eras because she was just like the doll that you kind of kept in you know her narrative and I think it was like really important for my parents to make sure that I understood Addie's narrative because I grew up 30 minutes north of Atlanta in a suburb and it's like I grew up in a predominantly white suburb so I didn't see a lot of kids who looked like me a lot so Mm -hmm. my parents made like a very big effort to make sure that I was like surrounded by like black positive images especially like within my toys and my media and things like that so I was collecting like black holiday barbies black um, porcelain dolls and just like all types of things black antique clowns like yeah so Addie was like my connection to my culture. So mm-hmm. they wanted me to understand like 
where Addie came from and why she was this way and why she dressed this way. Because like I mentioned, I noticed Addie wasn't dressed like the rest of my dolls. She wasn't as fancy. And like mm-hmm. I mentioned, like I'm very into drama and I was like, where is her fur coat? Like where's her muff? Like this is, <laughs> where are her Mary Janes? And my mom's like, yeah, that I'm like, this is Samantha. I want Addie yeah. in Samantha's coat. And she's like, mm, no, <laughs> she has to stay in her narrative. So I was like, okay, cool. Right. And I was listening to one of your podcasts, with, I think it was Mary Ann, mm-hmm. where she mentioned like her parents created her own kind of like Samantha doll that looked like her. Yes. But in terms of like, I remember looking at the dolls back then in like the mid 90s, there were only two options for me. And it was like basically like Addie 2.0, like it just had brown eyes and Addie's face or mm-hmm. like a different kind of sort of different face mold, but it looked like Addie anyway. Mm-hmm. So it really made no sense to get another doll that looked like Addie and just put her in Samantha's yeah. clothes. So mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's so amazing that your your parents, you know, were really like keeping that context mm-hmm. around Addie. Like that's that's just like so wonderful and like special that they, you know, really wanted you to have that context for her yeah. background and and everything. And I mean, I think now like American Girl has done a better job of adding in characters of color that aren't necessarily tied to the narrative Mm -hmm. of slavery like we have Claudie that just launched Mm -hmm. this past year I was so excited when I saw her (laughs) oh my gosh yeah she's adorable and it's like Addie being the only black representation for Mm -hmm. literally almost 20 years I got Addie when I was six I Mm -hmm. started working on American Girl when I was in like I was 27 Melody had just came onto the scene and I think 2000, like mid 2000s or something. And then there was Cecile. So I was six and it took me, it took like, I don't know how long I went through elementary school, middle school, high school and graduating from college. And yeah. And that's what I think made Addie kind of a, like a sort of controversial figure in the Mm -hmm. American Girls series, because I've noticed like with other black girls who did own Addie, either they love Addie's narrative or they're just like, I don't want to talk about Addie's narrative because Mm -hmm. she's the only option that we had. And um, growing up, like I knew about slavery, obviously, but it's like, I also knew that there's another avenue of black history. Black history is not just slavery. And it's like, I had ancestors who came from slavery, but I also had family members who did not grow up that way. My grandmother didn't necessarily grow up that way. She's 96, my maternal grandmother. And um, so I know there's a different side of Black culture than just Addie's struggles, although it's an important story to tell mm-hmm. and it's like vital right. to tell. It's a horrible part of history. It's like, the, it's pure evil. It's, it really right. is. And right. it makes you sad to, to know that your doll is going through that when you're like a six-year-old or seven-year-old and you want to kind of protect her. I wanted to protect right. Addie when I was like a little girl. I just like, I don't want her to go through that. I wanted her to kind of be like me and have like her little canopy bed and be all, you know, all safe and everything. But yeah, yeah. I would have really appreciated it if American Girl gave like another option when I was younger. Right. Um, aside yeah. from Addie, just like giving me like maybe a doll that was like Samantha because there were black girls back then who did grow up right. like Samantha. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think that would have really helped a lot of black girls too because I had friends who had American Girl dolls later on in life I discovered 
but they're all white and they all had options. Like you, if you weren't um, a Samantha, you were a Molly. If you weren't a Molly, you were a Kirsten. And it's like, I was only had Addie. And it was like, that's kind of not fair. Right. Because, yeah. I, I saw myself really as a Samantha. And I remember Mary Ann saying like, any doll can be Samantha. And it's so true. So mm-hmm. it was just really difficult for me throughout those years. And I remember calling American Girl when they stopped giving me the catalogs and they were like, you're too old to be like getting these catalogs. I was like 11. I'm like, where's my catalog? So I um, renewed my subscription. Yes. <laughs> and so I started like calling American Girl in middle school, like asking them like, do you guys have another black doll that you're thinking about creating? Yeah. I have a few suggestions. I was really calling them and just like trying wow. to um to really fight for another American Girl doll that was like another um, era in black American culture. And then mm-hmm. when they started doing the girl of the year, I even called. I was like, is she going to be black this year? And like, we can't really tell you. We already mm-hmm. have like discussed it. I was like, well, then um, I have a suggestion for next year. Make sure <laughs> right. black. I did that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, like, maybe 13. And then I was like, uh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I good for you like... for taking the action for that. Yeah. It's so important. You know, we think about this a lot with the decisions that Mattel has made or pleasant company and you know why did it take them so long yeah it's really mind-boggling it's just there's really no explanation especially I know the lengths that they took to study each girl's um, historical era so strong like they are Mm -hmm. they were so serious about it I mean and the quality that our dolls came in back then was like immaculate I'm like amazed how beautiful our dolls still look today so that's just like I know that they had the resources to right yeah you could have found one you had Harlem Renaissance what we now have with Claudia but -hmm. you also had do you guys watch the Gilded Age yes Um, yeah I am not but I'm familiar with it okay yeah so that was like sort of around the same time where Addie was alive well you know alive in quote (laughs) (laughs) and um there is like a black character who grew up very well off and I love the the fact that they kind of showed that part of black culture that mm-hmm. they were really thriving in that era. It's been, even though like there were black people who were really just, just waiting for their shot. So we have like classism and everything like that, but they don't, it, you could have, yeah, they missed a lot of opportunities throughout my childhood, right. but I'm glad now that with Claudia, with Melody and you know I I really like Cecile I was like 21 when I went into the store I was like oh my goodness and because because she was like what I was I would have loved when I was like seven because right that was exactly what I wanted like the dress and the the whole thing mm-hmm. and um she only was around for I think like two years and before they I retired know. her yeah. yeah I would love if they would bring her collection back because it's it's like it's interesting because it's like you know they had so many opportunities they could literally have created a black historical character for every single they could have time period yeah. that mm-hmm. they already had white characters yeah for, you know like mm-hmm. revolutionary war world war ii etc mm-hmm. like all have stories that could have been told exactly but i think it's like the thing with like cecile is that her time period's not even that far away from it, from, yeah, from Addie's. exactly yeah yeah and it's all and it's a totally different Whoa. story mm-hmm. right? yeah and that's the whole thing that i think like people kind of had a issue or still have an issue with Addie about it's because like 
you're talking about slavery, which again is very important, but it's like that wasn't the only chapter in in our in our history. Like black mm-hmm. history is not like this like one dimensional. And I exactly um, when I was working at AG, there was a girl who came in um around my age and she was like, Do you have Addie? I was like, Yeah, we have Addie. She's like, Do you have Cecile? I was like, she retired. And um, this is a black girl. And she was like, oh my gosh, like really? Uh, I'm like, yeah. But she's like, I I really wanted Cecile because I connected with her more than Addie. I'm from Louisiana and I'm Creole. And I'm like, see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. We have so many different layers to us that Addie could have had somebody with her throughout these years. And then she just spent it by herself. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. I know. Well, I hope that American Girl or Mattel rather like continues to build on what they have been because, you know, as much as they've added, there's there's always potential for them to be doing more. So I really hope that they are really like taking more aspects of American culture, you know, around every single you know race that they represent like there there could always be more representation Mm -hmm. there so I feel like um you know I just hope that they like continue to be like even more expansive as they um as they grow because I just feel like you know now there it feels like there's so much so much many more options but like you know they Mm -hmm. could always be doing better yeah Um, I would love for Josefina to have someone with her too Yes, yes. I was a big Josefina girl Mm -hmm. growing up. And honestly, like, it was a very unique opportunity for me to learn about a culture I never would have learned about in school. Yeah. So the power that America Girl has to tell these stories is really, really um, significant Mm -hmm. if they choose to tell them. Exactly. I like completely agree like um I think what Connie Porter did with Addie was just phenomenal just like humanizing Mm -hmm. um that time period for young girls and giving Addie like her own personality because historically why slaves were not they weren't seen as people just property Mm -hmm. and for Addie to be seen as a human as a little girl who had feelings and fears and emotions I think she it was very beautifully written and one of my favorite books was Addie Learns a Lesson mm-hmm. where she just kind of goes through like that whole uh, phase of going to school and figuring herself out and the girl tra- like the drama with the girls with Harriet and Sarah I think like the author really did a great job just like explaining those nuances that she was going through and also kind of pinpointing on things like the classism because Harriet didn't like Addie because she was a slave like a like a, a former slave and Harriet's like my family was never a slave but it's like you're also black though so that yeah I think that was great that she like explained that to young girls or just show right. other girls who wouldn't have known that story because I didn't meet Addie in particular tell me about slavery I already knew about it but it's nice that there was like a doll out there for the girls who didn't necessarily know about slavery and to put a face to it. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. Were you introduced to the books around the same time that you got your doll or did you read those a bit later on? I remember I was like maybe like seven um, when my mom read Meet Addie to me. I remember the like skimming through the pages and noticing like the imagery and everything and knowing what that meant because I already kind of knew sort of about like slavery but not like 
to the extent that I would learn later on as I got older. So I knew like, oh, okay, so this is what she's going through. And my mom would read a few chapters to me. But later on, I just kind of was like, I think I just kind of moved on from just like American Girl books in general. Mm-hmm. And I didn't literally didn't um, come back to the doll, like the doll, like the every other doll's books until like I was working in American Girl, like 27. Yeah. I started like to reread the books. But I remember my mom did read like uh, Meet Addie to me, but I just kind of moved on to like, like I mentioned, Dear America or like Junie B. Jones books or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I oh had the, God. I had Junie the B. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> she was great. <laughs> I had the oh, theories, yeah. but yeah. I've come back to the books later on in life as well. Like I found my collection of them and they're really interesting to revisit as an adult as well. Yeah. It kind of astounded me how much, uh, not necessarily like how detailed or like well-written, like, you know, we talked about this on the podcast, how like these books weren't talking down to a child, you know, yeah. like they were such a great resource for learning it made more of an impact than I realized. Mm -hmm. It did. And I was more of a visual learner. I still am. Mm -hmm. And I do remember looking through the books and I loved how it explained each family member in like the little frames. I I loved that. I love that too. Yeah. So it gave me already an image of each person. I I really did like that. Right. I wish all books did that. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I wish like every TV show did that. Like before, (laughs) before like uh, the opening credits, that would have helped me tremendously in like Game of Thrones or something. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We have alluded to this now a couple times. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we (laughs) can talk about it, but. Bianca, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you ended up working at American Girl? I would love to. So um, I have a background in fashion. So that's basically what I was doing until I went to American Girl. And I was at a point where I was just like really kind of bored. Like I was like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. (laughs) And I was just sitting around just thinking, you know, what if I just work at the American Girl store? Just like so random. And I just... (laughs) I guess like a point in my life where it's like I needed to just like have some fun or just like chill out yeah. a bit. And just like again, like we were talking about, go back to like a like some type of innocence, something that like made me happy. Right. right? Not like fashion didn't make me happy, but it was my job. So it kind of was like, I don't know, it was just different. I went over there and they were looking for a visual merchandiser. And I was like, oh, perfect, because I'm a creative person and like that I can play with the dolls. <laughs> like I was like thinking of all like the, <laughs> the um positive aspects of it. And I was hired like in October before they started decorating for Christmas. And like my first day, like, you know, when they were like doing the onboarding and like showing you around the store, I was telling other people, like the other hires, like new hires, like what got each got, like what each doll was. I was like, that's Addie and that's Sunea. She just came. Um, this is Melody. She's new. Like I already knew like half the <laughs> I dolls. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> so like um, my my visual merchandiser merchandise manager is like okay like I think you're good to go like we're just gonna <laughs> like yeah tell you how to like do the um the planograms and the visuals and everything I was there for a year and that was probably like the best one of the best jobs that I've ever had and I'm very picky and I'm very judgmental about the jobs that I've had I had to be at the mall though because like the our American Girl store in Atlanta was by the mall I had to get there at, let me think, like 6.30 or 7 a.m., which oh was not goodness. like ideal for me because I'm not a morning person. That was the earliest I've ever had to go to work in my life. 
And I had to get up there like at 630 with my other with the other crew and um, get the store together, like whether it was getting the dolls ready. And that was like a, a tornado had gone through the store. Like, honestly, <laughs> the whole store was just like chaotic. So wow. we had to get the dolls together, find their shoes, find their accessories. Mary Ellen would be like way over in Truly Me somewhere in like a slumber party scene. So like we had to just get her um, her like Tinny, good gracious, like she was like the most popular one at that time. And her hair would always be just like some weird like <laughs> mess. So um, yeah, we would have to go and just like do makeovers on the dolls. I loved, I didn't have a problem. Yeah. I, I was looking for like the really bad ones because I wanted to just like fix their hair and their dresses, right. which you find out how that's kind of done because it's um you have like a little mini iron like a like a baby iron and you iron the clothes out yeah like it's very detail oriented because like this is American girl like the Chanel of dolls basically so you have to make sure like each doll each um all of her like her whole environment is like pristine that was like my day-to-day like getting up there like at 6 30 or 7 and sometimes we had to get like the shipment off which which was not like ideal either I think I forgot like they even explained that to me when I was interviewing I was just so excited to just be there I completely didn't even hear like you have to take things off of a truck and I'm like very small and like I don't do manual labor at all and that was like it was like every other like once a week or something and I was like I am not built for this but I love you know little dolls so I'll do it yeah and just like interacting (laughs) with just like the customers when we when we could because we we were usually like in the back creating the whole atmosphere for everybody so we felt very protective of certain things because we were like we spent an hour like (laughs) detangling this doll's hair and right less than five minutes here comes someone and just threw her across this like the store and there's like oh my gosh no (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and like the plexiglasses, like the 3D plexiglasses that you see at the store. Yeah. Those are extremely heavy. And we have gloves. Like we had gloves to like lift them up and like do like the whole um environment, the scenery and stuff like that. It's a it's a very like I mentioned, detail oriented job and you're very like serious about it. You're walking around just like going, did that like hairbrush, the miniature one? Like that's not the right, like there's like a hairbrush, there's like a pick, there's like certain different cones that you had to like yeah. have with each doll, it would, um, each doll and you're just like, this isn't, this shouldn't be with her. Like why are you just like <laughs> running around just like, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need the experience to be pretty pristine, right? Like yeah. every like customer's experience mm-hmm. should be like magical, right? Like, yeah. You can't like walk into American Girl and like the girls are just like all out, <laughs> like spread out and like right. their shoes are off their feet. And, right. like, you can't oh do that. Gosh. Yeah. So like Truly Me would be like the worst. Truly Me and Welly Wishers. I don't know if you guys have. Like, oh, heard yeah. Of the- like, it would be a miracle if I ever get the Willie Wishers, like, theme song out of my head. Oh, like, my God. They have a theme song? They have a theme song. Like, because Ooh. we had to play, like, the movie over oh, and over, God. like, continuously on a loop. Um, oh, no. like, the Willie Wishers and the Bitty Babies, because the toddlers were in there. Sometimes you could not find a Bitty Baby. And we had, like, these walkie-talkies or radios. It's, like, paging Bianca, have you seen Willie Wisher or whatever, or baby, Bitty Baby number 25? <laughs> and you're, like, No we think she might be lost and it's like okay like don't panic or we need a truly me like 31 like we're out it's like oh no like a lot of stuff like that was going on (laughs) wow what a cool job 
Yeah, it was such a cool job. We went to the New York store. I also went to the Chicago store when I was there. Mm -hmm. And like the visuals are one of the most impactful parts of the experience. Like when Lindsay and I walked into the New York store and it was like seeing the like vignette of all the historical characters together Mm -hmm. after not seeing them for years years, was like mind-blowing so like it's so it's so important to have that aspect it is because when I was uh when I like my first week there I was walking around I was like wait a second like my people are missing like where's Samantha where's Addie where's Felicity like where are they they're just like oh yeah like they're like semi-retired I was like what are you talking about like the room was like spinning I was like like you you can't like not have them here like who are these other people like these (laughs) they were like well this is like you know Mary Ellen I was like great but where's Bali? Like, I don't understand. Like, where? Like, <laughs> oh my God. I, I, yeah. yeah. So I had to get used to like Mary Ellen and Julie from the 1970s, which is really weird mm-hmm. because Julie and Melody, although Melody is like super pretty, I love like her outfits and her whole aesthetic is just gorgeous. But at the same time, she's from like 1960 something. And Julie is from the 70s. My mom was like born in 1960. I just felt <laughs> like the American Girl doll should be like in wagons. <laughs> right. <laughs> like yes. I don't see, I don't like kind of hard for me to get used to at first, but I slowly came to really kind of like Julie too. Cause I thought her hair was pretty cool and her bathroom set was neat. Although that was like the main thing that people love to like right. destroy because she had these <gasps> tiny soap shaped like seashells. And Ooh. people would like take them, well, girls would like take them from like one end of the store and like put them in like the drawer of Truly Me's like slumber party set. And I'm like, I don't know where, Julie, <laughs> like, where are Julie's soaps? Do you know where Julie's soaps and towels are? Like, <laughs> wow. Just random thing. Yeah. That is and I, so interesting. It's, it was like a whole new world for me because again, I was a, a 90s AG girl. So I was used to like a certain type of vibe. Yeah, and um, it was kind of the same vibe, vibe. But at the same time, it was kind of really different because these are completely different kids. Like I was seeing girls my age come with like some, like sometimes with their daughters or their nieces, or they would just come on their own. It's like they would just be like me, like I just want to come because I miss the feeling. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, where? Like, Morgan came in. And she was like, "Where is Kirsten?" I was like, "She's not here." And she's like, "What are you talking <laughs> about?" I was like, "She's retired." Oh, no. Like. She was like seriously having a meltdown. She's like, that was my first uh, one. I came here to look at her. I was like, we don't have her in here. Like, oh no. Josefina was like the only one we had at that time on display until 2018. They finally did like the Be Forever yeah. um, collection. Don't get me started. Don't get us we started. Have- <laughs> we have a bone to pick with like the Be Forever versions of the original dolls. Like Samantha's in a pink dress. Josefina's this outfit is, so is like bright yeah. colors. Like working there I realized how different like our mindset are compared to like these the new generation of girls because like we were very serious about keeping our dolls in their historical periods most of the time Mm -hmm. um and a lot of these girls were like we don't care we're time traveling like each doll so Melody could be in like Rebecca's clothes or something like right yeah yeah so they were just like doing their own thing and a lot of them were like not even into the historical ones that much and it really made me sad because I was like this is the bread and butter of AG how can you not I think like the thing about the historical ones that I loved so much was that like they were a character Mm -hmm. and I never understood why you know like if you had like a 
girl of today or like mm-hmm. truly me as like a second doll I get it yeah but like mm-hmm. your for first the, doll yeah like you you kind of want that like mm-hmm. unique story to learn yeah. about when I did have to go on the floor like on really busy days or just like we need everybody just like come just come so like okay mm-hmm. and I would uh, show like new parents with their daughters and stuff like this is American Girl and right here we have historical and I had to like go I was like my mouth was like already just like like dry because I had to go through the whole story <laughs> like <laughs> with these parents and explain like this is Samantha yeah this is, like Nanea from the 1940s and this is what she like looking at the the younger girls and they were just like I don't like any of these and I was like parents were, like are there any more modern ones it was just like kind of sad to see that they were not even like interested at all in the fact that these these dolls had like their own storylines because right the parents were, like well do the truly me's have stories I was like no you can just like, create your own thing there's like this or these are your own dolls that they have no yeah. story they're like free to be who they want to be but I was also like if you want to you can also take the historical dolls and put them in truly me outfit or a modern outfit I was like yeah. really trying to sell them those, like on the upside you know with truly me that you did have more options mm-hmm. to show other girls especially girls of color like there's another sure. doll that looks like you because right. when I started working there I noticed there were about like five other black options and I was like oh my goodness like there was finally one that I saw that looked like me and she was like the same little face and my hair is actually curly but she had like curly hair and I was like oh my goodness like I really wish I would have seen her way back then so yeah when a black girl did come in and I would show her Addie or Melody and she was like I don't really know I was like well you know there is another one over here like that you can pick and like seeing her face light up and just go oh that one looks like me that one has my hair or something that right. was really like a rewarding experience so yeah actually oh, me does have like you know it's it's perks I was just like a very traditional yeah. AG girl and wanted them to have a historical one that, or something that's a great point that I yeah. hadn't, totally. hadn't really considered I'm so focused on like the historic dolls yeah and how like special they were and how I think like so much of my attachment to AG still and like remembering the nostalgia, it was kind of like ingrained in us all, like with the mm-hmm. books, the catalog, the magazine, every which way you Being interact in the club, with AG. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. And like the truly me's, you know, I wasn't the right like age demographic when that really mm-hmm. took off. They had the girl of today when I was probably around 10, but like mm-hmm. the truly me's today, yeah. like mm-hmm. I do not recognize like, like where that all happened but yeah. I think that's a really good point yeah and that, that was makes like sense a great feeling because you could show those girls like you could put them mm-hmm. in a ballet outfit or something like that really was like true to who they were like I right. guess it's really me I remember there was like a kit for like dolls if they were diabetic or if they had mm-hmm. asthma or like a food allergy I thought that was really great and inclusive and I was there when they started doing the boys as well yeah yeah and they um they did the boys and watching little boys come in just being like oh cool like there's a doll for me yeah and like, yeah right. there are like three options right. yeah and they had their own clothing like shirts with like a lizard on it or something or you know and it was kind of cool watching them go into the American Girl store sometimes like their sister and go hey I have there's one for me too yeah so, yeah something you never thought about really ever Sometimes the boys would get their doll and go over to the Julie section and get Julie's basketball hoop. Oh, because she played basketball. Yeah. 
That's that was really so cool. cool. Yeah, that's really wonderful. I'm really mm-hmm. glad we're having this conversation, and I'm sure yeah. our listeners too. Yeah. That's a really great perspective to have on yeah. the truly me's. Because it's like American Girl. I mean, yeah. I mean, America in general, like it's just it's for everybody. Yeah, so right. Everybody is pretty much welcome, and everyone should yeah. be able to have something that they feel con- a connection to. Mm-hmm. and they can go to the cafe with their friends and sit their dolls down and feel this like everybody else yeah. right truly truly me um <laughs> it's hard to say that word without thinking yeah. <laughs> of I what know. comes next now Bianca you are recording this and you have your Addy behind you but when yeah. you were working at the store were you ever tempted to purchase anything did you purchase any AG dolls or accessories I was definitely tempted, but I never purchased because I felt kind of like whole in a sense, because like I mentioned, I was just very dedicated to like my era. And yeah, I feel like if they didn't do the B forever, I definitely would have kind of gone back and probably purchased a few more things for Addie because they had Addie, but like the B forever, they only had like a few of their accessories, like their Mm. meat accessories. They didn't have their full collections at all. Yeah, I would have just gone back and probably gone in uh, Addie's Christmas outfit, her tartan uh, dress, because yes, that was so yes, cute. Yes, yes. Yeah, I would have uh, definitely gotten that because they redid all of their looks, basically. And I was like, I don't, mm, yeah. yeah. So I would have loved to have just gotten like the older things. So I think you can get on eBay. And I was looking at your Instagram a few weeks ago. And there was that outfit that was like a total early 2000s look. It was like that long dress, the faux fur and like it had a cardigan and like the headband yeah. and like the midi purse. I was like, where was, I don't remember seeing that. I was definitely probably like aged out. I was probably like 11. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I know I would totally purchase that and just put on Addy. I didn't care if it was like, like after 1864 (laughs) totally Addie deserves that outfit honestly I'm probably gonna find it on eBay and just be like I'm gonna put this on you I'm just gonna like be on a stand in my room and just be the super posh and because you deserve it you've gone through so much like yeah yes and (laughs) it looks like you've kept her in amazing condition like a little bit yeah I feel like her leg is a little loose I kind of have to like probably you know, with the strings and everything, yep. but her <laughs> hair, I kept her hair in like a little braid here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, she still has goodness. her bloomers. I don't know where her tights wow. are. I know they're here, but <sighs> yeah, her tights, little bloomers are here. I also have, I think like her dime. Yeah. I have her dime. Oh my here. goodness. Wow. Yeah. You are a careful child. Yes. Yes. Oh my, my I'm impressed. Like, I got to keep her <laughs> careful. And I also have like wow. this little postcard. Yeah. Oh, I also have goodness. like the buttons somewhere, like those little buttons with um, Addie's face on it that they used mm-hmm. to have and the paper dolls. And I also have this. My aunt gave this to me. Oh, wow. You know, like oh, when American Girl had that Hallmark collection and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I had like Addie's Christmas ornament. And I also have this thing right here. So it's just like. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of like a diorama. Know, a statue, diorama. Yeah, it's Addie's a statue. And a rocking yeah. chair. It's, oh, my goodness. And that like, is beautiful. The older I get like the more I just appreciate her whole narrative and just like everything she went through and I started rereading her books and I even like got kind of teary-eyed because like I understood her a whole lot more than I would have if I was like seven or eight trying to read her books like 
you kind of have to, I feel like you kind of have to live a little bit to kind of mm-hmm. understand yeah. each American girl um, a little bit more than you did as a kid. Absolutely. You kind of, you can kind of like take something different yeah. from it as an adult that maybe you didn't realize as a yeah. kid, like regardless of what age you are, there's something to, to be learned. Exactly. Sure. Like the part where Addie, um, when she had, she realized she had to leave her baby sister Esther behind mm-hmm. to go find freedom and her sister was left on the plantation I was like oh my goodness because like I have a little brother like he's like 24 now but traumatic when I, yeah when I was reading yeah. that book I don't think I could have have dealt with that I think I would oh just my cry my right. eyes out because I can't like imagine like leaving your younger sibling behind a baby so, hard. so heartbreaking yeah oh my gosh Addie's book series I read when I was a little older, Mm -hmm. maybe like nine or 10, but there's one scene from, I think, Me, Addie, that has Mm -hmm. always stayed with me up until even this day, which is like, I think a really important scene for them to put in the book for, you know, girls to be able to understand like exactly like how difficult her circumstances were, where she's like made to eat worms. Like, I have never forgotten about that. I feel like the way that it's described in the book, like you can literally like, imagine like how awful that was. It's you feel like anger, pretty much like boiling up inside of you because yeah, you know, that's like one of the many horrid things that happen mm-hmm. to children. Like Addie was right. a child. She wasn't right. a, an, a, an adult. Like they did just horrible things during that era. And just like that one part makes you like, makes your stomach turn. Mm-hmm. But it also makes you think like, like what else? Like there are so many other stories like her, like true right. stories. And I think like, it's really important that they didn't shy away from that because mm-hmm. Uh, you can't really tell the story without including some really difficult stuff. And yeah. I think it's important that regardless of who the audience was mm-hmm. reading the book, like no matter what girl you are, that you, you know, really understand the the levity. And I, I think across all the characters, there were like topics mm-hmm. that American Girl like really did a good job of like, not shying away from difficulty, but also making it something that as a nine-year-old girl, you could understand. Yeah, you could comprehend a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I guess like my last thing, probably with Addie's books, like when I was reading it now as a grown woman, um, when she finally gets freed and she's in Philadelphia and she's a, so excited because she sees all of these opportunities for her mm-hmm. and she wants to get on the streetcar and she's told that she can't go because she's black and so she sits there she doesn't even get angry she's she's like you've got to be kidding me like I just right I just risked my life to come up here and you're gonna tell me that I can't be on a streetcar because I'm black and so at that moment like Addie realizes that she's gonna be other forever like no matter Mm -hmm. what she does and she has to now at age like nine or ten try to figure out how to maneuver through a con in a country that's like kind of going to overlook her throughout her life and how is she going to find herself in a, in the midst of all of this ignorance and right. unfortunately that's something that you you still go through um, right 
as a person of color. And so just reading that and just understanding that Addie was like, not even really that shocked. He was just like, yeah, you gotta be kidding me. Okay. So I, I, that, this is how it's going to go. Alrighty. Right. Um, right. I'll yeah. just go, I'll just walk around. I'll just go somewhere else. That even right. at like her young age, yeah. the fact that, you know that she was already like managing her mm-hmm. expectations mm-hmm. in that way yeah these those books were I seriously think like the best written out of all of them they were the most I feel like engaging like mm-hmm. at least at the age that I was reading them but I feel like the American Girl books in general like just for anybody like considering like revisiting them mm-hmm. they take like an hour to read and they're so worth it they're so worth it I don't know why when I was younger I thought they took longer to read I was like that's it oh okay so I can just like keep going yeah yes yes um, Rebecca has a really nice book too when I was like working Rebecca has a really nice story as well they they're still doing pretty good stories Mm -hmm. and I heard Claudia's stories are very well written too so I'm gonna try and see if I can get one of her books too yeah. 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 I would love to like compare the newer yeah. stories to like what we're used to with the mm-hmm. older books to see yeah. um what they're like. But I I love Rebecca. I think I'm very drawn to her. And I I also like love Claudie's whole mm-hmm. collection. So I would definitely be gravitating towards yeah. her books. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, Did I it... recommend all of them really to anybody that's like interested. Yeah. Right. Right. Do the newer books have the same format or is it different than like the historic books that we were familiar with from our childhood where there were like a six? It was kind of a little bit longer. Um, Mm. I think all of the books now are like condensed into just like one story in a sense. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't see any like series. Mm. Got it. There are so many stories I want to get into. And then the Girl of the Year dolls also got a book at their release, right? Yeah, like one book, I think. Yeah. When I was there, we were almost getting rid of Gabby and bringing Luciana on board. So they did have like one book that came with them. Oh, So like no series or anything like that. Just like one book. Okay, got it. I'm not super familiar with Girl of the Year dolls at this point. Can you tell us a little bit more about Gabby? Gabby was the see like this is like I could go on forever yeah (laughs) like Gabby was the first black girl of the year and what year did she launch let me think 2017 2017 yeah wow and they have been doing girl I mean I'm not honestly not familiar with any girl of the year other than yeah yeah Lindsay was like 2000 wasn't she yeah that was 2000 Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my Gabby goodness. And it first. took to 2017. Mm-hmm. Almost 30. Yeah. I was almost 30. And wow. I was looking at, at Gabby. She was cute. Yeah. What yeah. was her storyline? Um, her storyline was she liked to dance and do poetry. Like she was like a really artistic um, kid. She had like a, like a dance studio and she wore like this sweatshirt. I think that said dance on the front with like little stars. <laughs> and then who was the, the new one? Lucy Luciana and she was like a girl who wanted to be an astronaut so she had a really cool set going on so Mm. I was around for Luciana's whole extravaganza and stuff yeah Luciana she's pretty cute she had like a mid-length hair haircut and she had I think like a purple purple streak in her hair and her dress was like a galactic type of print really cute like bandex and she had a metallic combat boot she had like a space day 
like huge, like, like really big. And um, that was always like kind of a pain to put back together. Cause when we're, <laughs> yeah. Cause the girls were like always all in, in there and she yeah. had like space food, like, you know, the freeze dried food, food and things like that, like little packets of ice cream. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was very detailed. She had like this really cute uh, slumber party set uh, with like fuzzy slippers and things like that. So she was a really um, cute. cute doll. She had her own book too. She was really popular. She had a, a space suit. I remember that she had a space suit um, oh that we kept in a case for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> yeah. So her space suit was like aluminum and everything. And she had like the helmet and it was, it was cute. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. That's We're so gonna, cool. Yeah. We got to do a deep dive. And we have to. Girls. Yeah. We got to like, I, I want to go year by year and just like rate them it would be great to like get into all of those because it is almost like I almost feel like girl of the year is like their new historical yeah because thing. yeah they have they have like a, a whole event for her basically mm-hmm. like they bring in oh, like wow um people early on and they have like a luncheon or they have like um like maybe like a, a play or something, some type of interactive thing that the girls can do that can help them learn more about the dolls. They have like snacks and things like that. It's like if you're like if you're an adult and you're like one of the top shoppers at like, I don't know, Nordstrom or something, and you go up in there before like everybody else can and you can yeah. shop like early. <laughs> That's yes. kind of what it's like. Yeah. So oh. the girls feel like they're full look of the girl of the year it's just like a big I like that's when I I didn't go home until 1 a.m <laughs> when Whoa. I was doing the promotion for Luciana we were working like we went to work at night but we didn't I didn't go home until like 1 a.m <laughs> and I was wow. like I can't do this my goodness <laughs> yeah wow my god you were like I didn't know my work-life yeah, balance know, would right. be so thrown off working of all at the, American all girl the jobs. like that's the first <laughs> one that I ever had to go I, I had to go home like at 1 a.m. Oh, the next wow. day. Yeah. That is oh wild. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like stories that would like particularly surprise our listeners? Like, I remember, or like any like funny memories? I remember. Okay. Well, I already said that like, I'm not really good at manual labor. And one day I was like the only ritual manager on the floor that day. And like the banner fell down, like right by the cash register. And they were like, the banner's falling down, like, on, like, my walkie-talkie. I'm just, like, in the back, like, doing, like, I think Rebecca's ringlets. I'm just, like, oh, okay. I'm, like, totally forgetting, like, that's my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, like, the banner's <laughs> down. The banner's down. Like, okay, like, why do they keep paging me? Like, oh, my gosh, it's my job. So I had to go in the back and get, like, this massive ladder, like, huge, that they had chained in the back. Like, it was that big. They had to chain oh my it. God. And I had to get that down and drag it throughout the back of the store into the front of the store on like a Saturday where everybody could see me basically struggling to like get this ladder position with like everybody else trying to like check everybody out. I'm like, excuse me, sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. Um, to get like the banner up and the banner kept falling on my face, like in front of everybody at the <gasps> store. And like the, like the store manager, like, you know, Bianca, it's all, it's fine. Like, he was like, he was like, I'll do it. I will go up on the ladder and I will do this for you. I was like, thank you so much. But yeah, that oh was my one. Goodness. I remember having a conversation about the quality of the movies with a dad. He expressed to me, he's like, I really love the movies that you guys put out about these dolls. Like, I got to like admit, like, these are top tier for me. I was like, really? <laughs> we love yeah. it <laughs> I was like really he's like I saw Samantha's holiday and like 
I was in tears. It was like amazing. I was like, isn't it great? So I <laughs> remember just talking. <laughs> yeah, I remember just talking to like this dad who was just like, you would never think you'd be interested in like the dolls, like their stories and things like that. And I was like, have you watched Kit? He's like, I've seen Kit. I have like certain <laughs> feelings about the Kit movie, but um, yeah, I was like, have you seen Molly? He's like, I haven't seen Molly. Like, which one's Molly? Like Molly McIntyre. She's not here. I can't show you, but she has a movie as well. Like, I highly suggest that movie. Yeah. So like having the dad just like basically be like, this store is insane. There are security guards, but I have to tell you guys, like these movies are just like amazing. Like you guys are <laughs> keep doing your job. I love, I watch them by my, like they're, they're, they're great. I don't mind them. They're amazing. Oh yeah. my gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I feel like there could be a whole episode about dads relating yeah. with it, American yeah, Girl. Yeah, you really could. It's, <laughs> it's so funny watching them like come in and having to sit down and have like the whole party in the, the bistro area. And of yes. course, like one kid will always get like sick somewhere. And it's, yes. yeah, it's like, oh gosh, like, oh okay. My God. One little toddler fell asleep in a bitty baby stroller. <laughs> yeah oh. that was like oh um, I'm gonna like can we move her a little bit because this is part of our display <laughs> yeah yeah wow. it, there, yeah there are a lot of like little stories and just the doll salon in general that was always always packed because we would see so many girls even girls like our age come in and be like can you fix my doll's hair I just found her in the garage and I don't know what to do with her anymore. And I just want her hair to be fixed. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, that's the, that's the number one thing I think I would get fixed if Mm -hmm. I found my dolls is like, I would go get, I would send them to the doll salon for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It just makes them look so much more put together. (laughs) The doll store, like the doll salon and little facial that they get is really fun to just like see the girl's faces like, oh wow, like they're, they really take it seriously. Yeah. Oh, that's so I, sweet. I love that that seems like it's still very much like how it was when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you must have been like having a front row seat to so much, like so many special so many moments. Things. Yeah. And so many just like, yeah, it's again, like one of the jobs I probably will never forget because it, I never felt like, like I didn't want to go to work. I was like, oh, I was going right. to like fix the dolls today. Like, although it's like, other people would be like that's like a, a major thing you have to like move all these things all day and create this world it's like I oh no I love it I remember yeah. like explaining to people like they're like so what are you doing now I was like oh I work at American Girl I'm a visual merchandiser and they're like they're like okay I'm like yeah I I work with dolls and it's like you work with dolls I'm like yes <laughs> like <laughs> like trying to explain to them like I yes I do the dolls I do their hair and their their outfits knowing like the whole process of how like the outfits are really like thought of and like the the planograms and things like that that was like mm-hmm. one of my favorites just knowing like how the whole store comes together because you don't know you just kind of walk in there you don't think like there are like these these rules or you know this whole plan for this entire store that right. just the visual merchandisers just kind of know right right oh my gosh I feel like honestly like you could write a book on this experience yeah. it's like behind American Girl like the the yeah. true story yeah. um, my only complaint would be like the dress code because I was like again like it was coming from fashion and yeah. I, I had to wear like black every day and an apron I was like oh my goodness no and that yeah. walkie talkie like I don't know how many times I got like stuck in the middle of like a door 
or a doll would fall over because the walkie-talkie like wire would get stuck to her yeah I was there when they introduced like the motorized car for the for the dolls and Mm -hmm. truly me that you Mm -hmm. have to charge up and so like you were allowed to like have like a little um, demonstration for a bit, but that was always kind of chaotic because like the dolls were always getting in car accidents, like in the middle of the store, just like, Oh yeah. yeah. I'm sure people were unhinged when it came to Mm -hmm. that display. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We ended up putting that in like the plexiglass for for good after a few incidents. Yeah. (laughs) Gonna have to buy it to find out. (laughs) It was like $500, I think. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. That expensive? It was expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess, like, also, like, learning how expensive everything was because you're little and you don't know that these dolls are expensive. Like, knowing that, like, your grandparents or your parents are just like selling out this for you know a doll yeah. you're just like oh wow thanks a lot because like, oh my goodness right yeah it, it's Especially just a lot like the, in the 90s <laughs> with inflation like, it's like... they were like 115 when I was working there wow. yeah and the parents would just be like uh are you sure this like the new parents who didn't really know anything about AG they're like are you kidding me like I have to buy another outfit for this doll that's like 50 dollars right. and you're just like yeah I'm like what about I'm like the the brush comes separately <laughs> it doesn't come with the doll you have to buy the brush too and um it, yeah just explaining to them like you're gonna end up spending like maybe eight hundred dollars today like and if you want to um <laughs> yeah right it, it's definitely yeah. possible oh my goodness yeah. yeah we see that a lot with our instagram and we post a lot of throwback pictures from mm-hmm. the catalog and people will be like, oh my goodness, this was only $50 or like this yeah. jacket was $30. Why didn't I have this? And I'm like, it was a lot more expensive back then. Oh, you yes. know, and like, yeah. it's very easy to be like, oh, well, if I'm ordering one thing from this catalog, I'm going to have yeah. to order several. <laughs> yeah. It's very easy to spend a it's, lot it's with easy. American Girl. It's easy. I mean, like I said, the doll and then like the outfits and then like you have to find like something to carry the doll in, like a doll carrier is really oh, right. popular. Yeah. So. Well, we could like literally go on and on and on. This has been incredible. <laughs> I have so uh, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> well, let's get into our final question that we love to hear from all of our guests with. And that is, Bianca, what lasting impression did American Girl leave on you? A lasting impression would be just like girls persevering because for me and girls back then, we didn't have a lot of dolls that were teaching us how to stand up for ourselves or stand up for something that's not right or just like power through like yeah um, situation because we had Barbie and Barbie would have like on the on her back her like the button would be like I can't wait to go dancing with Ken tonight like you know like right just like um kind of stereotypical things like very materialistic and I think American Girl was like a more serious and more educational but also playful and it just taught you a lot about yourself like you don't have to be like a certain way like if if you feel like something isn't right you can speak out because like Addie spoke out or Samantha these are dolls that could really look up to in terms of just like I guess having like a girl power in a sense including like the magazines and like the books that we had um I remember yeah. like the your changing body or something I, my mom bought me or something like one of those books mm-hmm. um yeah yeah, just American girl in general, just like always taught, like teaching you how to just like like being a girl and how being a girl is really cool. And also 
maybe you have some problems with your girl group and this is how you solve like that problem and just like making you feel more comfortable knowing that you're not alone about thinking about this like I don't know just like basic girl problems it's like slumber party issues or like how to like throw the perfect slumber party and also like again with American Girl dolls just like every single doll had to go through something and had to achieve something and really ended up finding themselves in the end and inspiring just like a whole generation of girls. So I think they did a great job and they're still doing a great job with that, especially now being more inclusive and yeah. showing more girls so they can also thrive through so much and boys too. Absolutely. Ugh. I, I love what you said about perseverance. Yeah. That, that is so true and resonates so deeply with in American girl and really being an advocate for yourself and standing up for what's right. And, you know, they led by example in so many ways and yeah. showed girls what they could be. Yeah. And, and also, to. you know, putting a face to his, like historical era, because I don't right. remember learning about girls growing up, like in school about like what a, a young girl was going through really, let alone a woman. Like it was usually just like talking about them, the men in history. Right? Yeah. So, so I mean, aside from like Betsy Ross or Harriet Tubman, like you didn't really, right. yeah, you weren't really Ugh. taught about that type of stuff. It's so true. So and true. all I wanted to learn about was what girls were doing and what yeah. women were doing in history. Yeah. I don't care about the men. Mm-hmm. Like it's the women that <laughs> yeah. had the most interesting least, like, stories of all. Yeah. Right? I think it made it really easy to relate to girls in time periods where you think mm-hmm. you'd have like nothing in common with Yeah, exactly. Them. Yeah. So, oh, well, that was so well said. I feel like we've covered so much ground here today. This has been like incredible. Should we get into our fun games? Sure. Yay. Yay. All right. Well, the first little game activity that we have for you, Bianca, is uh, we're hosting a dinner party, mm-hmm. or rather, you're hosting a dinner party, and you can invite any two historical characters. So whether it is one of the main gals or their mm-hmm. friends, if you want to invite one of their relatives, and think about it from the whole dinner perspective here, like you are going to be able to ask them questions. They'll be able to ask each other questions and the conversation will flow into the night. Who are the two people that you're inviting? Let's see. Well, I would definitely invite Addie because I would really love to hear her perspective and like the tea on Harriet because Harriet was like a piece of work. And I would love (laughs) to know like what Addie really felt about Harriet and what Harriet's doing now and just like give me all the drama about like Harriet and like the Sarah issue. Like, yeah, give me like the tea on that. Right. And I think I would also invite um Samantha because I feel like you can have a data party without Samantha. Like <laughs> dinner party and Samantha just like go hand in hand. And I was just I guess I'll just like pick her brain on just that era and how to be yeah. so fabulous, but still like be so I guess like vocal because back then you couldn't do all those things that she was doing just like standing you know standing up for herself and the women's rights and things like that but still navigating life with Uncle Guard (laughs) who's like (laughs) asking you like well I I don't believe in this at the same time he believes in something but it's like pick aside Uncle Guard yeah I would love to Mm -hmm. ask her about that and um her Aunt Cornelia I would just love to just like pick her brain about all types of things yeah yeah oh my goodness those and are I feel two like she would bring the best like order 
Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> She'll, oh my goodness. Uh, those are two great choices to bring to dinner. I feel like that conversation will yeah. uh, be yeah. be endless. I feel like they would yeah. get along too. Like, right. I feel like Samantha I, would get Addie's vibe. Agree. Yeah. 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 And I wouldn't say that every American girl would necessarily get along with each yeah. other. But yeah, I feel like Samantha and Addie would be such a great yeah. combination. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. They'd be making plans to hang out afterward. Addie would bring like her little cookies, like shaped like letters or something. And Addie, like, Samantha would bring her tea cakes and it'd be Ah. just like a really cute, like, layout. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. A dream. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, now to pivot to our celebrity activity. So, Bianca, you gave us some celebrities that you like past and present Mm -hmm. I have whittled it down to just one that I'm choosing because we've never had anybody say this celebrity before Mm -hmm. and I'm very curious to see what your answer is so (laughs) which American Girl doll would Anne Hathaway have oh I love Anne okay let me think because she's like such a her personality is like so so unique to me um let me think okay Maybe Rebecca, because Rebecca being like an actor and being so dedicated to her craft, I feel like that's so Anne and just her kind of having this um, very Hollywood-esque vibe to her. I feel like Anne would really um, connect with Rebecca. She would, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I feel like she's so chic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like Rebecca, like even in like her obviously like youthful mm-hmm. energy that she's giving off like she comes off as like I don't know very like self-aware yeah um mm-hmm. so I feel like they're a good match in that yeah. way I feel yeah. like Anne could really like rock some uh Rebecca's outfits too for some strange reason like I just feel like her um that little dress she has with a hat I think that it reminds me of Princess Diaries too yeah, yeah. oh my god mm-hmm. yes Oh my Ugh. goodness. The best Princess, movies. Princess Diaries, the movie <laughs> yeah. where she starts out as a Molly and ends up as Samantha. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Bianca, we could truly talk for hours here. And this has just been such a delight to get to know you more. And I'm sure all of our listeners have enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. So thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you again for letting me be on here and just like talk about all my feelings. And I mean, to be like 32, I would never, ever think like in 1996, I was going to be on a podcast talking about my doll from same, like, right back at you. So much like passion and like seriousness and like connecting with so, like you know like two like wonderful people and you guys Aww. are so sweet and I just really appreciate Aww. what you're doing just like bringing like our innocence back and like the best parts of our lives really like coming together again it's really sweet uh, uh, yeah well thank you for thank you for getting it <laughs> right? that truly means so much and when we have our AGW meetup we'll have to have our day, our tea party and dress up moment together and yeah. now where could everybody find you after this if they want to connect you further? You can find me at um, introverted underscore style. Yeah, love it. Amazing. Amazing. Definitely go follow Bianca, everybody. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.